Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you are listening to Calvary Live. I'm your host for the next hour. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. Always delighted to be with you and to be able to host Calvary Live. I'm with you for this Monday edition. And you just heard the number uh, that was given and I'll repeat it throughout this next hour, 303-690-3000. As many of you know the number that listen to Calvary Live, but give me a call. Let's talk about the things of the Lord. Maybe you have questions about uh, your Bible reading that has been brought up. Maybe you got questions about Christian living or current events. How do we have a Christian worldview concerning those things? I'll do my best to take you to the Word of God, and this is really your show, all of you who are tuned in at this time. Uh, the Word of God is so wonderful. We have the privilege to be able to go to His truth, uh, to be able to go to His promises. Uh, I'm reminded, uh, I was reading this afternoon in Psalm 121, the longest uh, chapter of the Bible, that the psalmist writes, "'My lips shall utter praise, for you teach me your statutes.'" My tongue shall speak of your word, for all your commandments are righteousness. Let your hand become my help, for I have chosen your precepts, and I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. So may we delight in the Lord. May we be thankful for the word of God as we go to the word to get clarity and understanding. I'll do my best to answer your questions. And also, you can call in with prayer requests. So we have uh, some open lines uh, and 303-690-3000. There's another means for you to be able to to text in a question or a prayer request. It's a text line, 720-336-0897. So I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners all along the Front Range uh, in Colorado and up into southern Wyoming. Welcome on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. We just got done uh, with... Um, uh, 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 snow yesterday, and it's so fresh and it's cool, and uh, we are entering into that time of winter and the holiday season, so I hope you're safe and doing well, and uh, I'm glad that you're listening. I want to also welcome all the uh, listeners on the East Coast, Truth FM and Hope FM. You too can call at 303-690-3000 and be on the show. You are a week delayed, uh, but give us a call. Somebody will answer, and we'll talk about the things of the Lord. So uh, we do have an open line, but let's go ahead and go to our phone lines. Let's go to David in Longmont. David? Hey, how are David, you? David, you're on. Good. How are you, David? I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. I was hoping that you could help me out with a prayer request. Um, I have a lot of different health issues going on currently, and I'm being seen by a doctor trying to get all that stuff figured out and worked out. But, you know, it's very difficult for me to get to work anymore. You know, I have mobility issues, and I'm on oxygen, and I have, you know, all this various stuff going on. 
it's just difficult for me to get to and from work every day and to, and to get in and, and do a full day, day's work without being just completely worn out, you know, by the time I leave. And so one of the things that's come up is an opportunity for me to move to Georgia to live with a cousin who can take care of me while I get on, uh, you know, help take care of me while I get on disability. And I just don't right. know if that's the right thing to do. I don't know if that's God's plan for me or if God's plan for me is to stay here and tough it out or... I'm yeah, just kind yeah. of at a loss and at a crossroads, and I've been praying about it, but I would sure appreciate the uh, the extra prayer. Absolutely, and we're going to lift up to the Lord uh, your health issues. And I think when it comes to prayer, you know, one of the the things I want to remind you, and you're probably aware of it, is being a Christian, I believe that God wants to guide us in, in every area of our lives. And, and the question comes when I have a decision to make, do I move or do I stay here? Do I you know, trust that he's going to uh, make me stronger physically so I can continue my job or go uh, be with some family that can help me. And I think that, uh, as Paul would pray— It's somewhat frustrating because I'm a new Christian, and so I struggle yeah. with, with after praying, you know, and just sitting there and trying to listen, I, I struggle with knowing whether I'm hearing God talk to me, whether I'm just thinking random thoughts in my head. Right, uh, right. Right, you and, know, and I, I want to know what the answer answer is. Obviously, I want to follow his plan for me. I don't want to buck it, you know, and go right. against it. I want to want to follow what he wants. Yeah, and I think he's going to honor that, David, um, because you keep praying. And a couple uh, scriptures for you that I think will help. Um, Paul writes in Colossians chapter three, verse sixteen: "Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, all wisdom." And um, he goes on in the previous verse, actually verse 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. So Paul's prayer for the believers, and it's a good prayer, he says, let the the, uh, peace of God rule in your hearts. And that word rule literally in the Greek means to make the call. So I know for me when I'm praying about do I go here, do I go there, do I do this thing, do I move forward in this area? I want to hear from the Lord. And and sometimes it takes a little while for the Lord to really sort it out in my heart, but I know that I need to have a peace that rules in my heart uh, before I step out somewhere. Um, sometimes, you know, there's, I'm not sure, I just don't have a peace about that, and I really believe that the Lord is guiding me at that time as I seek Him. And it's different than having fear or doubting, you know, the Bible warns about, you know, when you ask for wisdom in James, you know, make sure that you, uh, he's willing to give us that wisdom as we go to him. He wants to give to us, but don't ask in doubt. We are to ask in faith, and uh, lest we be tossed to and fro, you know, by, you know, just the doubting and the fears and all those things that come about. So, something there. So, David, go to the Lord. He wants to lead you, and he's going to give you a peace in your heart, and that's what we're going to pray for. And then also, another good chapter is Isaiah chapter 30, where um, he says, come to me for counsel. And he's inviting his people to do that, because they weren't doing that. Isaiah chapter 30. Okay. okay, and I'm going to I'm going to read a little bit of scripture, and then we're going to pray. But Isaiah chapter 30 really has helped me. Uh, he says, "Come to me, you know, 
um, come to me for counsel. He was rebuking his people because they were not coming to him. He says, woe to you who take counsel, but not of me. And you devise plans, but not of my spirit. And, and what I'm hearing from you is you want to be in God's will. You want to hear from him. So he goes on in verse 15 of Isaiah chapter 30, that in returning and rest, you shall be saved and quietness and confidence shall be your strength. So he's saying, come to me is what you are to do. Then he goes on and he says in verse 18, that therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you and blessed are all those who wait for him. So number one, you go to him. Second of all, you wait on him. And I think that's where you're at right now, David. You've gone to him and now you're waiting on him. And waiting on the Lord can be a very difficult thing um, because we want answers right away, and we live in an instant world. <laughs> yeah, we do. You know? Yeah, we do. And so he says, blessed are you who wait for him. And then he says in verse 21, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, whenever you turn to the right hand or whatever you turn to the left. So he promises as you go to him and as you wait on him, that thirdly, you're going to hear from him. And he promises to be that voice behind you saying, this is the way, go to the right or go to the left. And so that's something, a promise that you can stand on as you continue to wait on him and go to him. And and we're going to pray together right now. Okay? Okay, great. I sure appreciate it. You bet, David. Father, I thank you for my brother who's a new Christian and, and calling and in the honesty of his heart. He, he, he is... Um, waiting on you. He's going to you. He wants to be in your will. So first of all, I pray for his health issues, that you would just bring healing to him. We can ask for that, that you would strengthen his body, that you would just give um, the doctors and whoever that he's seeing wisdom uh, to be able to, to help him if that's the way you choose, or if you choose directly to intervene. I pray that you would strengthen his body, bring healing to him, help him to be able to to get to work, to put in a day's work, whatever your will is for him. Or, Lord, if you want him to go and be with family, a cousin, that you would make it very clear and give him a peace that rules in his heart. And, Lord, that you make the call and that you would be the voice behind him saying, this is the way, walk in it. And that he would ask, he would ask in faith, um, and knowing that you care about him, you love him, and that you want to guide him in every way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 All right, to me. Do you, do you, you happen bet, to have David. time for one more question, or do you need to let me go? We go one quick question. Go ahead. Okay. So I have a brother of Christ that lives out in Pennsylvania, and I've always mm-hmm. looked up to him. He's older than me. He's like a father. And he's just recently has moved away from the church that he has always gone to, and he's been pushing a guy on me called Andrew Womack, or Womack, Womack. Yeah. And so I tried listening to some of this guy's stuff, and it really seems kind of sketchy to me. Well, so he, I was wondering if you knew anything about that, if I was yeah. if I was getting the right feeling from it. I've, I've never right. listened to him, a, a lot to him. What I do know, the summary that... Um, of what is told that he's a faith teacher, that he teaches that God wants to heal you um, in every case. Yeah, he and makes that's it not, sound like you shouldn't go to the doctor at all. Yeah, and that's not biblical. You know, did you know Paul, he had a thorn in the flesh in his side. Um, he had some kind of thorn in the flesh. He doesn't say what it is. 
Right. He prayed three times for healing, and God said, my grace is sufficient. So, you know, those who come along and say that you need to pray for healing, and if you have enough faith, he'll heal you. Um, you know, Paul was a man of faith. <laughs> um, Very and, much so. And God chose not to heal him at that time. He said, my grace is sufficient. So healing is a work of God, the sovereign work of God. He he does heal, but he doesn't heal in every case. And so to come along and say that he, he wants to heal in every case, and what I understand, he also ties it in with giving, that, that you have yes, to, to be giving and um, that they're linked together. And, you know, t- to me, it's stay away from that stuff and, and stay with good biblical teaching um, okay. that you're hearing on Grace FM and, and what the Scriptures have to say. And that was kind of where my heart led me. I just I wanted somebody yeah. to say that was more than I Yeah, because the Holy Spirit's giving you discernment, and that's what John talks about in his epistle, that the Holy Spirit's there to teach us and, and give those warning flags. So just keep praying. The Lord's going to be faithful to you. His grace is going to be sufficient for you, David. Well, I sure appreciate all your help, brother. You bet. You bet. Anytime. Keep in touch with me, okay? All right. God bless all right, David. God bless you. We're going to continue with the phone lines. When somebody hangs up, there's an open line. So 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's go to Lloyd in Denver. Lloyd? Hello. Hello. How how are you, Lloyd? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm good. Awesome. You're on Calvary Live. Yeah, thank you um, for taking the call. So you I had bet, a question absolutely. in regards of spiritual warfare. And basically, um, I just wanted to know... You know, as Christians, uh, us marking the line, I guess, um, or finding that balance between knowing that, you know, the enemy is defeated, you know, that he does not have power over us, but at the same time, not being ignorant of his schemes and tactics and, um, you know, like what James says, that he's like a a roaring lion, I think is how he says it. Um, Yep. Pe- I know Peter it's better says. in Spanish. <laughs> I'm <about, laughs> uh, either wandering great. or going yeah. around as a lion. And, yeah, Pe- Peter um, writes that he's like okay. a roaring lion seeking whom yeah. he may devour. And he's given a warning, don't go into his territory, because yeah. he's going to leap on you, and he's going to try to rip your head off is what he's going to try to do. So yeah. that's my interpretation. So Yeah. I so mean, go um, ahead. You know, I, I, a church that I just recently started going to, I mean, they, you know— the pastor is just saying, like, always says that, you know, the enemy, we don't even have to be mentioning him or anything like that or going or, you know, being like, I guess, other Christians that say, you know, we're, you know, against the enemy and uh, we're, you know, getting into spiritual warfare and whatnot. And so it kind of just seems, I don't know, I get a little concerned with, you know, hopefully that, you know, they're not going into that ignorance of, you know, ignoring that, you know, that he does work and, um, you know, he's there is a, a battle because they basically say that you know there is no battle because you know, why have or how could you have a battle against a defeated enemy? You know, so right. well, we know that spiritual warfare is very very real. Uh, Paul writes about that in Ephesians chapter six, right? Um, he says, "Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the the schemes of the devil." And we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, 
against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And he says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So then he goes through with the armor of God. But Mm -hmm. the thing to remember, Lloyd, is we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. And and I think maybe perhaps that's maybe what they're saying to you. But here's the Mm -hmm. thing. It's still a battleground out there. Being a Christian doesn't mean it's a playground. It's a battleground. And, you know, I think about Moses was told um, that Moses, at the end of his life, you have one more battle against the Midianites, and then I'm going to take you home to be with your people. And I think that on this side of eternity, listen, the enemy's going to rise up and he's going to come against us. And he doesn't have victory over us. And James says, you mentioned James, but James says that we are to resist the devil, um, submit to God, and he will flee. So what we do is we submit to God, we put on the whole armor of God, but here's the thing, he will come after us, and he'll try to throw those fiery darts at us any way that he can. Um, and I know that, you know, being in ministry, that uh, I can feel the attacks of the enemy. I can feel the, the enemy trying to come against the work and against my family, against the ministry here. And I don't worry that he's going to be victorious, but it's still a battle that's raging that's going on that will continue till he, the Lord takes me home to be with him. So it, that's why Paul's saying, listen, put all the whole armor of God, because, you know, it is a spiritual battle that's out there, and the enemy is going to come against us as Christians, and he's going to continue to do so, because he's not happy, Lloyd, that you're growing in the Word, that you're a believer, that you're a witness. He's going to do anything that he can to make you ineffective uh, in your witness, in in faith, and try to weaken you, to discourage you, to deceive you, to tempt you. That's all the schemes of the enemy. And then uh, Paul comes along and he writes to the Corinthian church. He says, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. And so he'll try to get a foothold into our lives. So I don't know if that helps kind yeah. of the direction that you were looking at. So yeah, definitely. I, I mean, uh, me personally, I mean, I mean, I know that obviously that he is defeated and you know when you're, you go in full in with christ and everything that you know he's our defender and you know he's the one that you know that raises up the banner you know of, of victory for us but um you know i know at the same time that the enemy is like you know basically you know kind of like the you know like the british soldiers that soldiers that stand outside the palace you know that they stand there and everything like that people just try to provoke them and provoke them and i feel like you know Satan, the accuser of our brothers, that right. that he he's the one like kind of just like pushing us, saying like, "Come on, let's see if you if you are really gonna, you know, stand firm in in your faith and and in the you know path of Christ and everything like that." And so, for me personally, I feel that conviction of of, and I I felt it before as well, you know, especially like you know you're, you're trying to fast and everything like that, and right, you know. Um, trying right. to live more in, the, in in spirit than flesh, that you feel that kind of battle and everything like that. And I mean, they do, you, do. you know, say that, um, that you know, he does and can defeat you uh, or, you know, lead you to that, uh, to defeat, if you let him, you know, beginning in, in your mind, you know, in your thoughts and everything like that. So, I mean, they do, do say that, but I, I'm just, I don't know, I just wanted to get a little bit more clarity of, Maybe that's just more ignorance, or, or or if it's just you know, 
Um, then well, we, we, the thing to remember is we, we have victory in Christ, but he will come along and try to, you know, destroy marriages, you know, make you ineffective in your witness, tempt you into sin. That's, you know, how, you know, Satan gets a victory in, in a battle. But, you know, we've won the war. Christ has won the war. And that's why it's important to put on the whole armor of God. And we need to do that daily because, Lloyd, here's the thing. You know, yeah. he doesn't play fair, and he's looking yeah, for exactly. any weaknesses to get into our lives. And it isn't like I can go out there, you know, and I'm battling, and he's throwing these fiery darts to say, oh, Mr. Devil, can you know, can I put on my helmet of salvation and a breastplate of righteousness because I forgot to put it on this morning? You know, he's looking to, to rip your head off. He's looking— yeah. Because he doesn't, you know, he hates us, and he doesn't take a day off either. And here's the thing, that he's going to go after those who are a threat um, that are being used in the kingdom of God. He doesn't want the kingdom of God to advance. And so, you know, that's a good thing, that God, you know, is really working in your life. He doesn't want you to, to grow. He doesn't want you to continue in faith and all those things. So there is that spiritual warfare that happens, and it will continue to happen until the Lord takes us home. Amen. 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 Well, thank you very much. I mean, um, you bet. it definitely, you know, uh, definitely helps me a lot. Just, yeah. Can, um, I, can I pray for you? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think a lot of us are going through, especially this time of year, and um, the enemy, you know, he just loves to to do anything he can to come against us. So, Father, I pray for Lloyd. And, um, you know, just finding, uh, knowing that we have victory in Christ, but the enemy comes against us. And even as Lloyd uh, mentioned that he is the accuser of the brethren who accuses us day and night, but we have overcome him with the blood of the Lamb and the word of testimony. And we are to submit to God, resist him, and he will flee. That's a promise. But he will keep coming back. So, Lord... I pray for uh, Lloyd. I pray for all of us that are listening. The, the warfare can be uh, tense. It can be difficult. Uh, we sense it. We feel it. But, Lord, may we just turn to you and turn on the light. And, uh, Lord, walk in your ways and trust in you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, really. You bet. Thank you. Appreciate you calling. Thank you. Bye-bye. Spiritual warfare is real, and it, it um, the enemy tries to come against us in so many different ways. So, But we have the Lord, and we have victory in Jesus Christ. 303-690-3000, I believe we have some open lines. Let's go to Mike and Eaton. Hey, Mike? Jeff, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Mike? Um, I'm doing good. good. I've got a quick question for you, and I guess just kind of your opinion on this, too. Um, I was wa- listening to one of um, Robert Morris's sermons the other day. I really like his sermons, so I listened to him quite a bit. Um, and he had one on, like, belief and behavior. And he was saying, in short, that your belief it will determine where you go when you die. Your behavior determines your rewards. So if you believe in Christ, you'll get to heaven, and then your behavior on earth determines your rewards that you get in heaven, because there's different levels of reward, or likewise hell. My question is, it goes back to like Matthew 7, like starting in verse 22, where it says, Many will say to me on the day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and your name drive out demons and perform miracles? And then Jesus said, I never knew you. Depart from me. Right. So surely so those you're... people believed, and I guess, I mean, 
my thing comes from several years ago. Like I went into VFib on a cruise ship, and I was actually like dead for like 45 minutes. They had to revive me five wow. times. Um, mm-hmm. And during this time, I saw hell. I wasn't allowed to see heaven. And so it's been a severe life-changing thing for me. Luckily, it was, because before that, that night, if you would have asked me, you know, hey, if you die tonight, are you going to go to heaven? I would have been, well, of course I'm going to heaven. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I go to church all the time. You know, I give offering. I help the poor. I do this. Well, you know what? I was basically shown the same thing. I wasn't allowed to go to heaven. If I would have died that day, I wouldn't have went to heaven. Yeah. Let's let's kind of back up and 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 what you have, you know, kind of described to me the questions that you have that you're wrestling with, and we always want to go to the Word of God. The Word of God is our final authority, um, and uh, I kind of walk you through it, and then we're going to hit break. So if you hear the music, okay, uh, Mike, <laughs> just hang on. We'll we'll wait for the break to come, and then, um, you know, then we'll come back to it, sure. but. We're going through the book of Romans on Sunday morning, and what Paul is getting into, that doctrine of justification, that is salvation, is what he is beginning to tell us about in chapter 3. And he says um, in verse 20, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Uh, he, he goes on, he says, Where is boasting then? It's excluded. By what law of works? No, but by the law of faith. Uh, Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. He makes the same case in the book of Galatians. So the Bible is very, very clear that we are saved by faith alone when it comes to our salvation. There's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to be saved. When Jesus died on that cross, he cried out, It is finished. And when he cried out, it is finished, what he was saying was, is that the work is done. I I paid the price for sinful humanity. And now we come in faith, and Jesus did it all. You know, that old hymn. He did it all. He rose from the grave. He validated that he's the Son of God. That's what David or Paul writes in in Romans chapter 1. But it's faith alone, and we need to understand that, that we're not saved by any deeds of the law. We're not saved by works. We're not saved by any of that. Now you're asking about rewards. We are going to stand, as Paul later on writes in Romans chapter 14, I believe, that we will, yes, he says, for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. He writes the same thing to the Corinthian church in chapter 5, that he says that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So it's correct. It is our faith that brings salvation. But with that said, that word judgment seat there in the book of Romans and in Second Corinthians literally is translated in the Greek, the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ. The Corinthians knew exactly the Romans did what was being said there because they had the ancient... Uh, Olympic Games, they had the Isthmus Games in Corinth, and if you won a race because of you know what you did, you would get a reward for it. You would stand at the Bema reward seat. So what Paul is telling us that as Christians, that we're saved by faith, but with that said, that we will stand at the Bema reward seat of Christ, what we have done in the body, whether good or bad, 
In other words, the rewards are to be given for what we have done for Christ. We're not talking about salvation. We're talking about rewards. We're not going to be judged according to our sins. Jesus took that judgment upon the cross. But we are going to be judged, be given rewards and crowns, and that is going to take place um, by, uh, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, by fire. So our works are likened to wood, hay, and stubble. The things that are unlike Christ are going to burn up. And then the things like Christ, like gold, silver, and precious metal. So, hey, I want you to um, stay on the line, Mike, and just kind of talk about then Matthew chapter 7, because you brought up something very important there that I think I can bring some clarity and understanding, hopefully. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. We're going to break. We'll be right back on the other side of the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. We uh, are here with you today, ready to take your phone calls. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. I'm your host, Jeff Figs from Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. Always blessed to be with you uh, here, filling in for Nick Cady, who's usually here on Monday. But uh, we are taking phone calls, and there is a text line as well, 720-336-0897, for you to be able to text in a question or to give a prayer request and as time allows, we'll go to the text questions. But so grateful to be with you on this this wonderful afternoon. Again, for you on the East Coast, Hope FM and Truth FM, you can call that number I gave to you, 303-690-3000, and you will be able to um, ask your questions. And um, you can also uh, go online for your online listeners, uh, gracefm.com, uh, anywhere uh, in the United States. Matter of fact, I got a text message last week while doing the show that somebody from Saudi Arabia uh, listens uh, to my program, Grace FM, online, listens to Calvary Live, and it's wonderful um, just uh, to be able to do that and uh, be able to uh, be a blessing to those who are on the other side of the world, especially in the area of Saudi Arabia. But we were having a conversation uh, with Mike, and Mike, are you still with us? You you are asking very good questions because people get very confused about that. You know, we're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. We're not going to be judged as believers for our, our sins, but we are going to be judged for works. There's rewards to be given. And we know that um, Jesus talks a whole lot about that in the parable of the talents, the parable of the minus. But you were also asking about Matthew chapter 7. And, um, and I'm going to read it for the sake of our listeners Um, that not everyone, this is Jesus speaking in chapter 7, verse 21, who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness." And I think that's what you are saying. You you are saying that, um, you know, you didn't do those things that perhaps that the Lord would have you to do. Um, 
they would come to Jesus in John's gospel and said, what must we do to do the works of God? And Jesus answered and said, that believe on the one whom he has sent. That is, you believe on me. And I think the key here in the Matthew text that I read, that not everyone who um, says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. We know from John's gospel that the will of God is that we believe on him. And then in verse 23, I will declare to them, I never knew you. That is the key there. That's the key for me. There was no personal relationship. Because think about it, that um, it is the religious leaders of Jesus' day that boasted in their doing. They fasted twice a week. They, they gave a tenth of everything. They boasted in their religiousness. But Jesus said, you're like whitewashed tombs. You're dead on outwardly, but inwardly you're full of dead men's bones. And I can't help but think about, in Luke chapter 7, when Simon the Pharisee came in and uh, asked Jesus for dinner, that here comes this woman who's known as a notorious sinner, comes and falls at his feet and washes his feet with her tears, dries them with her hair. Uh, we were talking about this yesterday in, in the teaching. And she's weeping and she's worshiping. And the Lord had a rebuke for Simon, and he turns to the woman and he says that your sins, which are many, are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So I want you, Mike, to be clear that it is faith alone that saves. Faith and having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, realizing that that I need to be forgiven. And, and the key there in chapter 7 is the Lord says, I never knew you. There was a form of religiousness, but there there wasn't relationship. And I think that's the key to that that we need to keep in mind. So hopefully that kind of helps you sort things out a little because bit. Because, in, yeah, in their minds, they believed in Jesus, correct? Right. They were doing they, miracles in his name. They believed. I mean, when when a normal average church score goes to church, you read John 3.16, whoever so believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You know, right, I hear right. I'm saying these sinner's prayers and stuff, and I'm like, whoa, that means nothing. That's like driving 100 miles an hour down the highway and tell the cop you believe the speed limit's 55. He's not going to let you <laughs> off just because no, you believe you know, it. Yeah, and, you know? and here's here's the thing. It's it's coming in faith, and, and Paul would say to the Corinthians, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. It's not religiousness, but just humbling your heart and coming in faith and saying, Jesus, I believe in you, and I trust you for salvation and forgiveness. And that brings salvation. But there's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves um, that uh, will you know, bring salvation, because Jesus yeah. did it all on the cross. And it, see, here's the thing. If we add works to salvations, um, you know, there's a problem with that, Mike, and that is that you're saying that Jesus' death on the cross wasn't sufficient. Yeah. for salvation and forgiveness. And that's one thing that really made Paul's blood boil, you yep. know, was the coming along and saying that, look what I have done. And what you're saying is that Jesus Christ's death on the cross was not sufficient. So believe in him, enjoy yeah. him, walk walk with him, Mike. And then as we live for him, he's going to reward us. And, and the Word tells us that he desires for us to to want to receive rewards. Be the faithful steward, the, the parable of the mina, the parable of the talents, 
All these things that were encouraged, and even some of the last words of Jesus in the book of Revelation, you know, he, he says, and, and it's interesting because we're going through Isaiah, but Jesus says, and he's quoting actually the words of Isaiah, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. And so there's rewards to be given. And that's why we're told to invest in heaven. You know, store up your treasures in heaven. Um, the things of this world are going to go away. So we are to prioritize the kingdom, invest in the kingdom, and there's eternal rewards, and that excites me. So I want to keep him the priority in how I live for him and how I serve him. Yeah, And wouldn't you believe, or wouldn't, would you agree that true belief translates into a behavior that gets good rewards in heaven? I mean, I want to listen to sermons right. now. I want to do good yeah. deeds for people. I don't want to cause I just want to love. That's period. It's, yeah. That's it. I just want to love. Just, you just said and the I mean, key word, Mike. You said the key word. Paul says the law can be summed up in one word, love. Love yeah. the Lord. And then instead of I got to, it's I get to. Instead of I have to, it's I want to, because I love you, Lord. So we can do more. Me. Yeah. It's like God yeah. limited. I mean, in the end, Jesus brought this all the Ten Commandments down to one. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor. And we can't love. How sad is that? We can't love we are, each other. Yeah, we, and he said, you'll know you're my disciples for your love for one another. So, hey, thanks, Mike. Appreciate the questions. Good questions, good conversation. God bless you. Appreciate your calling. All right, let's continue on. David from New Jersey. David? Yes. Thanks for waiting. Appreciate it. Hey, so you're from, is it Lackland, New Jersey? No, Blackwood, Blackwood. Blackwood, okay. Well, yeah. I appreciate your calling. You're on Calvary Live. Thank you very much. Got a question uh, yes, for me? I had two parts to this, but really, let's just address the first one. If we can get to the second part, that'd be great. I'm a United States okay. veteran, and I had something happen yesterday when I posted about, you know, not only being a veteran, but appreciating, you know, if you know anyone who has served. And I had someone come underneath, and they gave me a barrage of comments. I tried to respond with Scripture for Romans 13, 1, and from Ecclesiastes, and I just got basically how can I consider myself a Christian, you know, and celebrate, uh, you know, Happy Veterans Day. And they were like, you know, I've done ministry for 12, you know, 12 years, and they stepped outside of ministry. For me, I just kind of got that they were in a place of unbelief where they've not been, you know, serving God or, or were they ever really saved. But I didn't really know how to respond to them um, in a way that was loving. I had to actually bow out of the conversation. I said, you know what, You're, you are welcome to your opinion. God bless right. you. I'll keep you in prayer. And they were like, you know, that just really seemed, you know, that that was... Uh, I don't know. They said that was pretty much hurtful, like I, I was doing that in a way to spite them. And I was like, no, I really mean I'm going to pray no, for you I because don't I don't so. have know what to say to yeah. you. Well, David, first of all, I want to say thank you for your service. Um, oh, thank you. I, I do. And yesterday in services, uh, I said thank you, thank you, thank you, the veterans that are here. I so appreciate what the, you have done in Serving our nation is honorable. I think you gave good verses, uh, Romans chapter 13, 
Um, and then, you know, David would uh, say in the Psalms that, Lord, you have trained my hands for war. And, um, you know, we know that um, that there has been such a cost um, by those who have gone before. You know, we just, again, the world's uh, leaders were in uh, Europe, you know, um, you know, commemorating World War One, and so many died, and so many. My grandfather on my dad's side uh, was in World War One, and um, I so appreciate his service. My uncles in World War Two, my dad in the Korean War, um, and you know, I think that it's an honorable thing in serving our nation in that way. God has blessed this nation, and the freedoms that we have. Um, have been fought for, and I get to benefit from that. Those who have given their lives over, um, you know, uh, the ultimate sacrifice so that I can practice freedom of religion, so I can have the benefits of what I have in this nation. And I pray that our nation would never forget those um, that have gone on before us who have fought for our nation and for our freedoms. To me, it's an honorable thing. And for our first responders, um, you know, um, David, I've been a, a chaplain for the Weld County Sheriff's Office here for 16 years. And I appreciate those. Again, Romans chapter 13, law enforcement. Um, I appreciate um, they're willing to go out and uh, lay their lives on the line every single day for our good and for our protection. And God says that they're ministers. They're ministers of God for our good. And so I thank you for that. And if somebody wants to disagree, then they disagree. And I think you did the right thing by just bowing out. And um, and But I'm very grateful for your service. And I'm very grateful for all the veterans that are out there that are listening. Thank you. And um, we owe a great deal of gratitude for what your service um, has brought to our nation and the blessing. So anyway, I don't know if that covers question number one. I appreciate that because a lot of people may not understand the purpose, but I was a kid when I joined. A lot of these people are kids, and they come back. They still serve their country. Some of them don't come back the same. They end up on the street. They can't function, you know, and I think that's what Petra's Day is. So to appreciate those, regardless if you agree with the purpose of why they serve. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, I appreciate it. The yeah. second part also happened, which was a sincere brother in Christ. He, brought, he asked me a question. He had me read chapter 12 in Revelations. And he yeah. pinpointed particularly between 1 and 3, 1 and the third four, verse, uh, verse 2, and between 1 and 3, and then verse 10. His idea was, or concept, was that Christ... Uh, you know, he asked me about the 12 stars. He kept asking me about the mother, the birth, the son being sent back to heaven, where I was like, I kind of believe that to be Israel, uh, since he keeps mentioning the 12, uh, the 12 stars. And I was like, the mother is probably Israel. And I said, the baby, well, that sounds like Christ. And Christ did die and rose again, went to be saved by the right hand of Abba Father. He is going to come back and he is going to reign in Jerusalem. Uh, like, we also have some pre- and past-tense kind of thing going on here, future-tense and past-tense. That was my explanation to him, and he kind of believed that Christ was crucified, uh, that this is an example of Christ being crucified in heaven as well as he was crucified here on earth. First time I've ever heard that, 
And, That's, you know, he's a sincere yeah. man of God. I was like, well, you know what? You can take that out with Jesus when you sit down with him one day. I, I've never heard that before. Uh, I haven't I, either. I can't really see that in these passages. And I guess I wanted yeah. some better revelation on uh, 12, 12 Revelation, Revelation 12 myself, because I couldn't understand I think, how to really answer his question. I, I think you're on the right track. Um, when you start explaining it, that Revelation chapter 12 takes place chronologically in the middle of the tribulation period. And, you know, there was a big thing last year at this time, you know, Revelation chapter 12 is going to be fulfilled with the alignment of constellations, and and we're kind of going, no, it's not going to be fulfilled because we're not in the day of the Lord. And um, this is speaking of Israel the best thing to do is let Scripture interpret Scripture. And when Joseph, in Genesis chapter 37, has a vision, um, he has that dream, and he has a dream, and he tells um, his you know brothers and his dad about it, and um, he said that, look, I have a dream, another dream, this time the sun, the moon, the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father, and his brothers and his fathers rebuked him and said, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers come bow down to the earth before you? So it is speaking about Israel. It's speaking about Jacob, and it's speaking about his sons who are the patriarchs of Israel. And the woman is speaking about that would give uh, birth to the male child that is the Messiah. And and so it is specifically talking about Israel. I've heard so many interpretations on Revelation chapter 12. Um, I, I've heard those who came along and said, well, it's speaking of the United States because, um, you know, we're the only nation that went to the moon and see the sun, the moon under her feet. So it speaks of the United States. It's like that's terrible Bible interpretation. So what's that? I said that wouldn't make any sense. I would laugh at it. Yeah, I mean, so it speaks of Israel. It speaks of a time that the Antichrist, when he comes on the scene, that he's going to persecute Israel, and he's going to come after Israel, and um, and he um, is going to uh, persecute them. And the woman was given two wings of a great eagle, and she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she's nourished for a time, times, and a half time from the presence of the serpent. So, you know, the serpent, of course, being the enemy um, and the devil, we're told that in this chapter, and the, the Antichrist, who is directly influenced by Satan, is going to go after Israel. Israel is going to flee the remnant to the rock city of Petra uh, in the wilderness for three and a half years. So that's what the this chapter 12 is all about. So when somebody comes along and says, I have no idea what he's talking about, that Jesus was crucified in heaven, that makes no sense. Jesus was crucified. Tell him to read the book of Hebrews once and for all. He was sacrificed once and for all when he went to the cross of Calvary. It wasn't a second time. We don't have to crucify him over and over again. Um, He died once and for all for sinful humanity. So I have no idea where that interpretation is coming from. Was that heaven needed to be cleansed because you know Satan sinned in it, and then he was like Michael couldn't. uh, Michael didn't defeat Satan. I was like, well, I mean. Michael didn't defeat Satan. He, in fact, he didn't even rebuke Satan in his own name. He said, "The Lord rebukes you." So he rebuked right. him in Jesus' name, not his name, not his might, but Christ's might. 
and Satan was kicked out of, you know, I, yeah. I was like, yeah. I, I don't really yeah. see. And then he brought up the, you know, the fact was the dragon and kept bringing up the dragon. I was like, well, the dragon's Satan. Um, mm-hmm. you could pretty right. sure you could see that in Ezekiel or Isaiah. You're going to have a better explanation, I believe, after chapter 33. Uh, you're going to know the dragon is Satan. Uh, it's not, it's, you know, I, I'm not really sure what you're seeing the dragon as. He was talking about how the sheep had some, several horns and things like that. And I was like, okay. Uh, so I, I, I just <laughs> yeah. didn't have all the answers for him, but I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, you know. Here's the thing. Jesus said to his disciples, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Uh, you know, yeah. there wasn't this, this, you know, Satan arm wrestling with the Lord or wrestling around. The Lord just spoke, and Satan was cast to the earth. We know that in Revelation chapter, it's interesting, in 20, that um, then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil, and bound him for a thousand years. It wasn't the Lord that did this. It wasn't even Michael the archangel. It was just an angel that comes down, body slams, you know, the devil and puts him, locks him up in the bottomless pit. So people shouldn't be thinking of, of the devil, the serpent, as the opposite equal of God. Right, um, he is no I match for him. God. I said, I said, Satan is nowhere m- more powerful than God. God yeah. is all-powerful. I'm yeah. not really sure what, what you're thinking. Okay, yes, Satan sinned in heaven. What happened? He was kicked out of heaven along the third of the angels. I was like, yeah. you can go read about that in Genesis, and you can see the fall, even the fall of man, where he was directly cursed. By God. Yeah. So I think you're on the right track. I think you gave some good answers. And yeah, you bet. Good questions. I just, right. I never heard it before. And I was like, okay, maybe I need a better insight because I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, I blew my mind. I was like, I haven't been in Revelations in a while, but that does not sound yeah. any theologically correct. And he's like, I believe no. God showed this to me. And I'm like, yeah, well, it no. also says in the last day of days, demons will try to minister to you and cuts test the spirit so i'm not really sure yep. what you're hearing yep. but i'm pretty sure it's not god yeah let scripture interpret scripture hey thanks david can i pray for you hey i i david can i pray for you Be- yes please before do. you leave me father i thank you for david i thank you for his service to our nation and um and i thank you that most of all that he's a soldier for jesus christ and he's uh, learning your word. He's standing on your word. I pray that you give him wisdom as he continues to minister to those who are linked to him in his life. And Lord, to give them truth, Lord. And so, Lord, I I just um, I thank you for David for his call. Bless him in every way. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thanks, brother. You have a you have a great day. You too. All right, let's go to Nick. If Nick is still there in Inglewood, Nick. Nick, are you there? Nope, Nick. Hey, Nick, you had a, a good question, and I know you've been waiting on the line. Um, and I'm going, hopefully you're still listening, because uh, it just tells me you wanted tips for a young man starting to enter the ministry. And, and I think that's a good, good question, and I, I wish that we could have had this conversation. But I hope you're listening, and um, and I just want to encourage you that, uh, first of all, that you be a man of the word, that you be a man of prayer, 
and seeking the Lord. I think it's a good calling. Um, anyone who wants to go into ministry, but make sure it is calling. And um, and I'm just going to assume that's what it is for you, um, that you stay close to the Lord and that you continue in the Word of God and continue to grow in the Word of God. And, uh, you know, it's exciting. We need young men to go into the ministry, um, especially in the day in which we're living in. But make sure that you're standing firm on the Word of the Lord, that you're staying close to the Lord, and and that you're loving others. Um, And I think for me, you know, people ask me, what is, you know, the vision in your ministry? The Lord has uh, given me the grace to to pastor this church. It'll be 23 years in January that we're able to to come up to, to Greeley and start the church in our home but simply to have the vision of, Lord, to make sure that the people that we have opportunity and the privilege to minister to, that they are the best-fed, best-loved sheep in Greeley. And, and and I know that we're not perfect, and I know the Lord is still doing that work in my heart, but to be humbled before the Lord, walk in the fear of the Lord, be true to the Scripture, I think that's the biggest challenge for young men today because there's a, there can be a lot of compromise concerning the scriptures. Well, culture says this, and don't back down from the truth of God's word. Stand on it. And I think that we need the voice of truth that is given, um, declared to others in love. And and I hope you do that. I, I hope that, uh, Nick, that if you're listening, that you stay true to the word, to the Lord. And don't fear man. Um, because we live in a day and age where um, if you're going to stand for the Word of God, you're going to be um, come against and attacked by the enemy, And um, but you stand for the Lord. You stand for what His truth has to say, and um, you fear God over fearing man. And Paul would say in, to the Galatians uh, believers that if I fear man over, uh, over fearing God, that I can't be a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Serve the people, serve them in humility is what you are to do, and stay true to the Word of God and love people, because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and that you truly love them. And that's something the Lord, again, is still working in my heart, that, you know, Lord, help me to love the people that you've given to me. Um, And that's the key, and uh, that's the advice I give to you. Um, Stand for righteousness, love the people, and walk in humility before the Lord and stay close to Him. Well, we got a few minutes. We had a few text questions um, come in, and I want to answer one that says, why does it seem like God was so harsh to Saul when he sinned and not with David when he sinned? And and that's a good question. I think it kind of comes back to uh, what we talked about earlier in the show, um, that uh, it was Saul that, uh, as he was told, uh, to destroy all the Amalekites, that he didn't. Um, he didn't destroy all the Amalekites. He comes back. Uh, he has the best of the oxen. He has Agai the king. You can read about that in First um, Samuel chapter 15, I believe. And he sets up a monument to himself on Carmel. And that is the first indication that he, he was boasting in himself. He didn't give glory to God. And then, you know, when he is confronted by Samuel, you know, Samuel says, why didn't you perform all that the Lord told you to? 
you know, God has rejected you. Here is Saul saying, bless me before the people. He wanted to be seen before the people. So Saul had turned inwardly, and David, when he sinned, and he sinned a great sin by committing adultery and by committing, uh, um, you know, murder, uh, Bathsheba's husband, and he hid it for a while. But when Nathan confronted him, he repented. And you see that in the psalm, in Psalm 51, when he writes that psalm, uh, when he was face-to-face with his sin with Bathsheba. Here's the difference, I think, when it comes to Saul and when it comes to David. Saul never wrote a psalm to the Lord. You don't have any recorded, and David did. David had a heart for God, and he repented. Saul, he just wanted to look good before the people. Bless me before the people. Um, You know, uh, you know, What's the big deal, Samuel? Why are you so uptight? I'm going to set up a monument for myself. And I think that's a good way to end the show here today, is have a heart for the Lord and um, and enjoy Him and walk with Him. And then as we enter in, into this season of Thanksgiving, always rejoice in your salvation, be thankful, and Christmas, and to be able to tell people that Jesus came for a reason because he loves you and speak truth into their lives, invite them to services, you know, uh, be a light to them and love them and, and walk with the Lord and enjoy him. So thank you everyone for today's show. Uh, really appreciate it. Great questions. Have a great, great evening and we'll talk to you next time. God bless you. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.